0: Welcome back to Association Impact on Michigan Business Network. Jeffrey Mosier sitting in for the team from MSAE, the Michigan Society of Association Executives, associations moving Michigan forward. Recently, they held their public policy roundtable for 2022. Here are some excerpts from that day.
1: I think that, uh, I think that might match two kind of essential directories are obviously MSAE, member directories and member guide and the trust cost uh, Rothman uh, lobbying guide and, uh, and there's a lot of overlap uh, between the two, between those two documents. And so, um, I think that this particular uh, conference and uh, this particular panel uh, uh, discussion is all together fitting and proper because of that. Um, some of the folks that, uh, as we, work with associations, you know, you, you really do see the associations are on the front lines in downtown Lansing and at the state capitol just about every single day, uh, the legislature, whether it be NSAE members and, uh, members members, uh, knocking on doors at legislative offices, attending legislative committee hearings and meeting with, uh, the administration. Um uh, I don't think a like, day goes by. Uh, I know a day is going by without people that are connected to MSAD uh, being involved in what's going on uh, in the wheels of government So it's a pretty impressive organization uh, when you think about that. But that's uh not something that could be uh, otherwise said um, in, in, the, in the corridors of, of the legislature and the administrative and the administration. So um, and a lot of the people that are with the NSCB members uh, doing it are, are the Lobby board and the association executives themselves who are going to be registered lobbyists for lobbying And so those uh, people include, conclude, uh, as I said, our, our, our panel today. And going from left to right, I'll do a quick introduction of uh, Scott Ellis, who's the executive director of the Michigan License Studies Association. Uh, Dave Justice, uh, who's uh, the now former uh, executive director of the Michigan Preaching Bars, a cigar, kind of those recent mental health and capital <laughs> um, we have a militant Parker at Capital Services in downtown Lansing, and Dave Labs, who's So, uh, welcome, gentlemen, and we're just going to start it off right now. And uh, Dave, you're it. I'm going to first question you way. As I mentioned earlier, there really is no shortage of uh, lobbyists and associations uh, in Lansing um, working working the legislative process. Uh, But what are some of the just kind of down the basics? What are some fundamental pieces of engagement uh, that is important for uh, maybe for your client? Associations to, to really be successful uh, when meeting with, with lawmakers, leading the administration in advance in the of the uh, issues of work for their association? Well, uh, first of all, thank you for the spot, call. We appreciate that. I'm going to give you the book that I read one too long. Uh, there's a lot of uh, aspects to the one-on-one side of, of allowing to the association. association um, but I'll stress what I think is the most important. Um, in an era of terminals, it's extremely difficult for any one lobbying firm or lobbyist or one association to know all of the different legislators when things turn over so fast. And even once legislators get to Lansing um, and begin to legislate, their thinking evolves based on changing information. So, by far, the number one thing is membership, engagement, and relationship building within your membership. And sometimes you have to hold your hand for it, because um, you have members that are inexperienced or don't want to do it, and sometimes you have members who are good at it and want to do it, but you have to encourage them to do it, and sometimes hold their hands to the point where you're setting up the meeting, not just sharing the phone number or the email, or if you're actually um, doing the logistic on getting a legislator to tour a facility which is extremely powerful to have a legislator actually um, be at a facility in their district in and around the constituents to build that uh, relationship because oftentimes um, legislation is about um, connecting the real world experiences of what your members face with the words on the page. And the words on the page um, make more sense when they are not just um, with your members and developing relationships, but in your facilities and in your operations and actually touching and feeling it uh, in a very real way. So I I think the 101 of this, I mean, there are a lot of other things, you know, you've got to know their issues, they need to know the pitfalls, they need to know um, uh, things to stay away from, But the number one thing by far, in my view, is membership connection to their legislators because when Bill gets
0: committed on his support or prior introduction, your your members calling their uh, legislators is way more powerful than any of us calling their legislators. We'll be back with more from MSAE's Public Policy Roundtable 2022 on Association Impact on the Michigan business network the attorneys of foster swift collins and smith offer legal counsel to businesses families individuals and municipalities throughout michigan with offices in lansing farmington hills grand rapids detroit marquette and holland clients know they can count on foster swift for all their legal needs from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. Welcome back to Association Impact on Michigan Business Network. Jeffrey Mosier sitting in for the team from MSAE, the Michigan Society of Association Executives. Associations Moving Michigan Forward. Recently, they held their Public Policy Roundtable for 2022. Here are some excerpts from that day. I think
1: the 101 of this, I mean, are a lot of other things, you need to know their issues, they need to know the pitfalls, they need to know um, uh, things to stay away from, but the number one thing by far, in my view, is. Membership connection to their legislators because when bill gets committee or gets the floor or prior to introduction, your your members calling their uh, legislators is way more powerful than any of us calling. Well I think that, that does lead into a, um, kind of an interesting point. You talked about uh, that member connection folks being in your facilities. Uh, and that kinda of maybe lends into uh I am going to put up on the spot for a second here. Uh, and in your association working with in working with a, in the Michigan Premium Cigar type retailers association. Uh, you recently, uh, I think Back in November, December, Governor Wickner signed so to tax their legislation into law. Um, but I think that there was a long way from this idea of the that these are out there and then trying to get uh, future board members and the state of Michigan engaged in something. Thanks, Chris. And I also like to thank um, the folks in the city for hosting this. Uh, I'm very honored to trigger um, some of this. Uh, Some of my story on this issue, I think there there were a lot of uh, pitfalls that were seen and overcome, some new, some old. Um, We're talking about, uh, just to put the politics of the issue in perspective, uh, at the time I was a quote-unquote tobacco lobbyist, uh, lobbying tobacco issues. Um, the issue uh, the bill that we sought to get passed was sponsored by Representative Matt Hall, and we needed to get it signed by Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Um, I don't. I'm not going to go into the political challenges. I think they're they're part and parcel of the times, um, but it, it all validates the, the everything that uh, Mr. Rad started in his 101 introductory session. It still begun. be done. It's not as easy. Uh, there are just a plentiful amount of political pitfalls uh, to step into when I your issue in the environment out there. Uh, but uh, when you place uh, a well-informed, uh, well, well-informed, well-positioned grassroots member in front of someone who's uh, been elected and is serving in a position to make those decisions, the uh, the data given, the experience given by uh, a, a guy running a shop on Main Street comes through any political moments. And so, as I, you know, everyone I think in this room will agree that the state associations are uh, absolutely, absolutely critical in representing these um, I was in a, a situation uh, where I was sponsored by a national organization. And there became a big disconnect between the grassroots, the federal, and the state. Um, the, the state is, is what gets it done. The grassroots, who we represent, are the people uh, who cut through that political noise, can talk face to face with the elected official, uh, specifically on the issue. Uh, the issues are one that are very important in the politics way. Um, and the so, way. Developing your grassroots, engaging with your members, and um, encouraging and um, uh, being a catalyst for those members engaging with their own professions. Uh, we'll get uh, the seemingly impossible one of Well, it, it sounds like you, from, I think from your particular story, I think probably for a lot of those cases, there's, there's not always a, a, a magic wand or an idiot, but sometimes it's just knocking on door, after door, after door, telling a story over and over and over again, uh, putting forward the information. But, uh, is, 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 was that your, your, your practical experience, just getting in front of the show wherever you could, telling a story and making sure it resonated? probably I to tell a, a number of times. Over and over and over again. You know, I I, uh, mentioned that I was a tobacco lobbyist, but I was um, communication. Any issue advocacy is absolutely central. Uh, We were pre-new cigar retailers, and the the nuance there is critical to the issue that we were facing. We uh, had to define ourselves, our issue, as not. Uh, that which is enticing to youth. Um, that is the issue that all policymakers are trying to tackle. Um, and we were suggesting that bringing cigars were not that product. That takes a lot of communication, a lot of nuance. And that nuance, as I was saying, can't be reached when it's interfered with, with partisan politics. Um, and the way to cut through partisan politics to the heart of the issue that you're trying to solve is with new members, the information, not that I have, but that they bring uh, to the table uh,
0: to inform the debate and come to a sense public policy. We'll be back with more from MSAE's Public Policy Roundtable 2022 on Association Impact on the Michigan Business Network. Welcome back to Association Impact on Michigan Business Network. Jeffrey Mosier sitting in for the team from MSAE, the Michigan Society of Association Executives, associations moving Michigan forward. Recently, they held their Public Policy Roundtable for 2022. Here are some excerpts from that day.
1: You know, I, I uh, mentioned that I was back a lot of years, but I was... Um communication any uh, issue advocacy is absolutely central uh, we were premium cigar retailers and the uh, the nuance there is critical to the issue that we were facing we uh, had to define ourselves our issue as is, uh, not uh, that which is enticing to youth um, that is the issue that all policymakers are trying to um, and we were suggesting that premium cigars were not that product. That takes a lot of communication, a lot of new lines, and that new lines, as I was saying, can't be reached when it's interfered with with partisan politics. Um, and the way to cut through partisan politics, into the heart of the issue that you're trying to solve, is with new members. The information, not that I have, but that they bring uh, to the table. Uh, to inform the debate and come to a common sense public policy decision. So, um, so Dave gets the story, is they came from the perspective of an uh, association executive. Uh, Noah uh, Smith, you know, you had a recent. Uh, uh, a representative issue that you worked on on behalf of the association as a multi client lobbyist on behalf of CDAM, the Crim- criminal defense attorney of Michigan, on uh, expungement. And maybe that's a, an example of an, uh, of an issue where sometimes in this town, uh, maybe not to sometimes, maybe a lot, you know, just to say that uh, maybe politics may strain bedfellows or different groups of the left and the right might come together to work on something. I think that you. Uh, had an interesting story to tell uh, on the funding legislation that was signed into law not too far, not, not too long ago, and building that coalition, building, uh, building, pulling together different groups from across the spectrum, all of the same common cause. Would you, you mind elaborating and sharing a little bit of the story from the uh, perspective of the, uh, from lobbyist perspective on behalf of your association clients? You know, again, like you Criminal defense attorneys of Michigan, which is, I guess, apropos of uh, all the fun you have about how long tobacco, it makes sense and starts to talk about criminal defense attorneys. <laughs> um, a long way from a joke, and my wife kind of has to have a torture, my jokes are funny too. Uh, but at any rate, um, um, yeah, I guess you get on it, and I think Dave, you get on it too. Um, when you, you talked about membership relationships, I mean, you talked a little bit about coalition building, and I know you talked a little bit about that as well. Um, I think coalition building is another way to get done with what you want to do. So you have your membership, members that you reach out to who can tell their personal stories and, I guess, personalize the issue, the, the back home that, that, uh, that Dave mentioned uh, in his one piece um, that I think is vitally important. But I think bringing perspectives from across the, the, the political spectrum with a lot of those kind of stories, when you coalition build I think it's work to you, said something else that was sort of key and it kind of sparked what was successful in moving, um, uh, you know, current records funding across the uh, across the finish line. That's if one firm, one body, one association in the term you can't have all the issues. You can't have all the answers. It's hard to know all the people across the board. But when you build a broad-based coalition, now you extend your relationships. Um, Now you have different people, different bodies, different associations, with a different appeal. And I think it's that appeal um, that that, uh, I think was partially responsible for pulling criminal record expungement across the I mean, it's sort of a a radical idea. We've always had criminal record expungement on the books, but it's been very, very narrow. It's very difficult once you get a criminal record. um, um, To get that record off so forever, uh, every time we fill out job applications, you've got to check that box. Yes, I've been convicted of a crime. How do you help somebody move on in life? So we created this, frankly, rather radical set of criminal record-expanding rules. And when you think about knee-jerk reactions to the tavern, right, well, of course people aren't left, are rough, going to love uh, you know, the sort of do-gooder attitude of, uh, uh, you know, of helping people move on. Uh, but on the right, you've got you know, law and order types, and talk on crime, and how are we going to do this? Well, it was way different than that, because by building a broader coalition through, um, of different perspectives, I, I think the point to kind of to get at is different voices. Um, Republicans at the Capitol hear things in a different way. The Democrats at the Capitol hear things. And so you can bring the same message on the same pieces of legislation with different voices that appeal to different audiences. And the best way to do that is to build a broad coalition of organizations that have different opinions. They can speak that language. Who speaks Republican? Who speaks conservative? Who speaks of the period? Who speaks liberal? Who speaks from Colorado? And you can pull those organizations together, uh, to, uh, you know, together in a, um, you know, as you putting together, a coalition in who's mm-hmm. responsible for delivering what kind of message uh, to lawmakers. And, you know, a huge part of that success, the Republican majority um, you know, in the House and Senate, was bringing business groups along.
0: Business groups from the Chamber of Commerce to Small Business Association to some captains of the industry, uh, some of our major manufacturers on the west side of the state, all said, we need workers. We'll be back with more from MSAE's Public Policy Roundtable 2022 on Association Impact on the Michigan. Network. For something to grow, it takes time. Like the equity in your home. That's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit. Because frequent watering of your house plants may be recommended. Now,
1: can we get a new roof?
0: Not so much the rest of the house. Want the best rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to laughqcom slash home equity. LafQ, your credit union for life. Welcome back to Association Impact on Michigan Business Network. Jeffrey Mosier sitting in for the team from MSAE, the Michigan Society of Association Executives. Associations Moving Michigan Forward. Recently, they held their Public Policy Roundtable for 2022. Here are some excerpts from that day.
1: We get a coalition that you know, responsible for delivering what kind of message uh, to lawmakers. And, you know, a huge part of that status, of the Republican majority um, you know, in the House and Senate, was bringing policymakers groups, from the Chamber of Commerce to the Small Business Association to some captains of industry, uh, some of our major manufacturers on the West Side of the State, all said, we need workers. And the biggest barrier we have to getting people back to work again uh, is the fact that so many people have a, a, a small criminal record. If there's something we can do for that. And by speaking that language, along with the more traditional things here. Um, perhaps on the left, about why it makes sense, socially, to get rid of, uh, of criminal records and how criminal records and criminality is tied to race and such, you created this very broad appeal message. Uh, and then you know, with that, it builds the chamber. And instead of 56 you know, votes and 20 votes in the Senate, and we're talking 35 or 38 votes, 105 or 110 votes, you're creating this broad appeal because you're creating coalition of speech Individual languages of lawmakers. I imagine, uh, you know, that there was quite a bit of uh, prep work and homework that we need to go into getting something uh, up and going on the front end before uh, 110 members of the House and 38 members of the Senate see, uh, and the legislature see see what you're uh, up to. And how much in how much time did you have to spend in, in your prime to spend just getting it ready for kind of prime time? Uh, beforehand, I imagine that bed of every bit is that uh, the only mission, too. Uh, with only better coalitions. Speaker Lee, I mean, the prep behind complicated issues in the capital is of utmost importance. You want to make sure that your messages are right, and you want to make sure that you're reaching the right people. Part of that equation is finding the, the right sponsor, right? Working on your know, bipartisan sponsorship of uh, a complicated issue I think is of critical importance, too. And so a lot of the prep work kind of speaks to what Chris is talking about, is developing those broad-based messages, how they appeal to your bill sponsors, creating a sort of political spectrum of sponsors and co sponsors of a piece of legislation and training them to help carry your message inside the office, because there's a certain point at which our, we don't have a voice anymore. That bill is in front of the Republicans and the Democrats in their closed caucuses uh, right before session, and right before the vote. And so you have, to trust. you have to trust in lawmakers who are not experts in your issue. I mean, this is a complicated legal issue, and there's not a ton of lawyers at the Capitol, uh, just like some of you in the medical press. is not a ton of doctors. Think about most lawmakers, They're business folks, or they are dairy farmers, or you know, uh, you, you know, any, any many things. So that message prep, that message development, breaking those talk points down into simple messages that appeal to certain voices in their caucus, training them on how to express that, uh, and then trusting them, uh, trusting them to do so. That is us looking for those opportunities. Getting that to buy in and getting them to be able to speak the language in the way that they want to be able to say it, to help carry your uh, message. Scott, uh, uh, maybe give it a little bit to talk a little bit about lobbying uh, and the uh, pandemic and COVID and, and anything. And, uh, I think that, uh, that, that you're the perfect person to kick uh, that off. Association. Uh, I think it, it, there's no doubt was uh, affected greatly by the pandemic and, uh, and, and the shutdown. And, um, and you and union members really did need to uh, come together to work with uh administrative work with policymakers on behalf of uh, on, on behalf of, of, of your industries to um, to maybe reopen the business and figure out ways to do that safely. Uh, figure out ways that you could uh, mitigate the risk that COVID-19 presented, um, but there were still a lot of uh, questions that needed answers, and, and you had to do that. Uh, you had to do that and your members had to do that. Um, there's a story to tell there, I would imagine, and it's a story that many um, of had to figure out, you to kind of figure out how, the how we're going to figure, how do we do this? What do we do? This is an unprecedented, and sometimes uh, associations do safety. Do uh, unprecedented circumstances and, uh, and unprecedented uh, set of events. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit about what it was like having to deal with something that you never thought the way that you'd wake up and have to deal with? Well, I appreciate it. It was uh, actually February of 2020, I think we're going to to uh, No, I appreciate that because you know hotel industry was definitely one of our sales. And um, I go back to my. My background is on board. So a lot of you guys that I gonna do nothing when I talked to him, over or something how I was going to lunch. Uh, and so I learned a lot. I learned, you know, going into it. And I had a point based on sitting there working with me. Um, he and I spent a lot of late hours on phone calls because this would be released late right at night and we had to get it out to our membership. I think the biggest thing, one of the biggest things I learned was and I mentioned early
0: on how important association is to their health. We'll be back with more from MSAE's Public Policy Roundtable 2022 on Association Impact on the Michigan Business Network. Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. Welcome back to Association Impact on Michigan Business Network. Jeffrey Mosier sitting in for the Dean from MSAE, the Michigan Society of Association Executives, Associations Moving Michigan Forward. Recently, they held their Public Policy Roundtable for 2022. Here are some excerpts from that day.
1: I mentioned early on how important association is to their members. And I don't think the, I think the pandemic showed more than anything that that's ever happened in the years I've been around. And the other thing I learned was not to burn bridges. Um, I, I get along pretty much with everybody. I mean, I have to my differences with people overall, but I learned not to build burn bridges that I watched other groups implode um, with my burning bridges and throwing bonds and doing the things that I, I would recommend to do. And I had that on my board. I mean, I, I'm not afraid to admit, I, I represent small business orders. Our restaurant owner hotel were around the state of Michigan, and a lot of them are very blue collar, um, but a lot of them are very Republican. And so now you have our area of writing, and we have the governor, and the governor trying to do what she's trying to do the best she can, and I'm in the middle of the done. So, with the, the, the logic but also the director of the association, I had to work outside and, and explain to my board, and I had to pay my board for giving me the trust and support, and we can work through this. And so, I can honestly say that my relationship with all three branches is probably better than it's ever been because of COVID. And we, you know, we still have, we have a lot done on um, in an industry that we didn't know the and we're still struggling. We're, we're, we're not on the list. And um, we still have those relationships. So I think you know the thing for me, the story was a lot of our counting your members to step up, talking your your members off, off the ledge. Uh, I mean, we got calls. There was a lot of tears shed during that time of members calling and, and, and just Tell them they're gonna lose everything they had for fifty years and I fancy losing everything and then Mason, my call and try to make it they can have to be on the phone and we you know, we'd talk and try to figure it out. And so you know, try to talk about it was a battle. I think when I get out of there's no burger, it's just making it, also lean on your people and explain to them. Don't be afraid to explain to your members, hey, just because you are Republican and you think the government's really horrible, you've got to look at the main picture. I don't think government ever in, the governor ever walked and looked at into a pandemic, but I guess how I'm gonna handle it. That was delayed the world from say they knew how they were handled this pandemic and whether it was right or wrong. It lessons learned from. It. So we were able to work with other work with other associations. Um, you, you kind of saw that building on you kinda of saw we your true friends were. kinda of, like you, I, I made more new relationships with associations I could never allow to be working with. And during that time we became a resource for each other, laying on calls, hey, just kept released by DHS, hear your comment hearing, what are you hearing? Work with some of these gentlemen and everybody in this room, and people in this room that I had worked with prior. So, when I guess coming out, of it, make sure you keep those relationships, make sure you do your board and be really transparent with them. Trust me and let me do what I need to do in what's best interest of the association. Makes sense. Big laugh. So, Carrie, excuse me, the COVID thing a little bit. Just in terms of what has COVID meant for lobbying in general? Um, I think it's safe to say that um uh, things have changed. Um uh, had it <coughs> has it has it been forever. What's the, the in personal meeting versus uh the virtual meeting like I think mean, I think we're we're going on a couple of years now of doing uh regular COVID of uh, white colours once I but I think what what, from your perspective, has really changed uh, in the lobbying profession as, re, as a result of COVID? Do you think it's here to stay? Do you it's for the better do you it's for the worse? I think uh, it is here to stay. I think some of it is for the better. So for, for me, I have several associations that have statewide uh, membership. And um, both regional and statewide meetings are more efficient. Uh, they're more frequent. Um, and they're better participating um, uh, uh, on a regular basis. So, for memberships that have uh, statewide, um, diverse um, uh, locations and districts, um, I, I it's going to be um, easier in some respects and more communicative. And you can bring um, legislators into those conversations. I have um, several clients that are association based that have monthly meetings and all of whom perhaps legislators participate to be a special guest. And they have, some of them, you know, they're in their car, on their phone, but they get to communicate um, oftentimes, with 50, 75, 100 people, um, many of whom are in their district. So I think it's become uh, better from a communication standpoint on a more regular basis. I mean, it was pretty clear that um, um, oftentimes, when you're doing like an email update, if you're not doing that on a regular basis, information changes so quickly, the email you just sent is not relevant. Um, so I think some of these things that, um, have worked for better and I think are definitely here to stay. Because I think it's not just that it has become more efficient, I think people have worked, and I think that's probably the key is why um, One of the things that has maybe not changed, but accelerated, um, during
0: COVID, um, is that in a term-limited era, decision making in legislature very much consolidated. Uh, consolidated that uh, leadership led in a way that it was trending pre-COVID. We'll be back with more from MSAE's Public Policy Roundtable 2022 on Association Impact on the Michigan Business Network. Perfectly managed meetings, carefully planned conferences, and beautiful beginnings. That's what you'll find at Treetops Resort. We have an ideal location just minutes from I 75 and over 25,000 square feet of meeting and convention space. No matter what you're planning, let our spectacular views, spacious lodging, and outstanding customer service show you why Treetops is Michigan's most spectacular resort. Get a no hassle quote for your next meeting at treetops.com or call at 888 Treetops. Welcome back to Association Impact on Michigan Business Network. Jeffrey Mosier sitting in for the team from MSAE, the Michigan Society of Association Executives, associations moving Michigan forward. Recently, they held their Public Policy Roundtable for 2022. Here are some excerpts from that day.
1: One of the things that has maybe that change but accelerated um, during COVID um, is that in a term-limited era, decision-making in the legislature is very much consolidated at the top. It's consolidated um, at the leadership level in a way that it was trending pre-COVID, um, I think the term somewhat perpetuated this, but I think COVID, um, in some ways, um, required it um, because they weren't leading in the traditional sense. But leadership, the of power at the leadership level um, is, I think, also here to stay. Also, not really a good thing, both for the lobbying. Um, profession, for associations, and I don't want to dare say even for voting public. Because your relationship with leadership can be undetermined, it's a matter of luck. Um, your legislator is the Speaker of the House, and likes you. It can be that simple to whether or not something happens or doesn't happen. If you have a legislator that's not very effective but likes you and has taken up the mantle of your issue, um, but he or she can't understand leadership, that is a, an important issue and you're going to struggle. Um, and that's a very, very challenging thing. And that's one, I don't think that it is specifically COVID related, but I do believe that COVID accelerated it. I'm here today. to stay, and we're just going to have to the Yeah, I just wanted to you know, go back to the association perspective as well. Uh, one of the things that COVID brought is our communications have Tremendously to our members, and it, it, you know, a lot of us got to be worn out of the ever had as well because we had to learn to, to communicate with Zoom and email. And we get feedback now from our members that the best thing we did during COVID, the latest here up in the day tell us that you just communicated, we knew what was going on aside from everything we read. So, we, you know, all I do as association membership. here, um, COVID taught us to communicate more and taught us to make sure we're there and, and responding to that. Our membership is actually growing. After COVID, obviously, we lost a lot of businesses in the same industry they in this industry where in we're having So I just want to make sure COVID did you know, that, and also copy that. I can wear a coat and sweatpants, so they may come here. Thank you for doing that. Bill, <laughs> no, 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 I'm sorry. to have. a so. are you? Yeah, I think, uh, another thing to touch on, too, is uh, public participation, right? Um, local units of government all the way to uh, um, Washington, D.C we've seen gigantic increases uh, in public participation in government, watching government, participating in government, and I think with something that COVID did, and the new sort of way that we you know, use video technology, Zoom, you know, Teams, and so forth uh, to engage in that, has increased public participation. That's of course, some places, not looking in my wife's direction, but in some places, in some cases, it's been actually quite good. I mean, nothing will ever replace testifying in in person because you see the reactions of the panelists, they see your reactions, that's why you do things in person, because we're social animals and we need three dimensions in the whole person. Um, you know, our brains sort of fight that. That's a fictitious thing you know, that, you know, that we see on, the, on the screen. But even so, um the, the ability to testify in committee um, using video testimony while not ideal has actually allowed some voices that sometimes would be missed in committee testimony to actually be heard. Um, and so to be able to take advantage of that as you're moving, you know, especially tough legislation forward, you know, no longer you have to try to fly that person in from California or even try to in from from the weather is um, but instead using the, uh, the technology we have now allows you to get some of that participation from otherwise being missed. So I think that's some other sort of remnant benefit that we have from uh, you know, the, the, the hybrid COVID era is that it looks like legislative communities um, are at least going to, for the foreseeable future, continue to broadcast to the public their hearings so the public can actually start to hear see, you see know, how bills become laws, but then also be able to. Where you just can't get that person in in person, but their voice is critical to your message, we still have a way to let go of the That has been a really interesting, um a really interesting uh outcome of COVID is the uh remote testimony in the legislative committee. Uh where you know, call us uh, at uh, many, many times and trying uh, to get a committee uh committee clerk because the zoom link so you to come in and testify from uh, from across the country. Um, so, and, I mean, Dave when you were, uh, for, for the, the issues that you worked on, I mean, that was worked on almost exclusively, I, I think, during the, uh, the pandemic, and the signing the uh, off, what, four or five months ago. And, but you're supposed to take it also under a large national presence. And so um, I just assume that you know maybe there were times
0: when I had an easy pre pandemic for somebody from around the country or uh Washington to be in that need, to be re the private energy to the other from MSAE's public policy Roundtable twenty twenty two on Association Impact on the Michigan Business Network.